Hi everybody, welcome to the audio blog. I'm Paolo again, and I'm still on my trip in Italy. And uh, today I am here with a, a very good friend of mine, Davide, who is a neuroscientist. And so I couldn't pass the opportunity to ask him a few questions and learn a little bit more of what we've been talking about. Davide, thanks for coming. Hi Paolo, thank you. I'm happy to contribute to your blog and hope to uh, solve some uh, uh, other questions you, you have about food uh, and feeding. Amazing. So thanks very much. And I know I'm forcing you to do this. This is not normally what you do. Davide teaches and researches here in Italy, uh, and it certainly doesn't have a, a food blog. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a great pleasure to be here and to be able to do this. So let's start with something that I've always uh, kind of wondered. Um, we get hungry, but sometimes we're hungry for something specific. We're not just hungry. We have a craving. How does that work? Well, uh, food intake is regulated by many factors, particularly the energy content and the uh, component of food. So we, we uh, may need some specific food because uh, that food may provide some element. Uh, so our diet is regulated by our needs. But we have to consider also another aspect, uh, which is uh, uh, why we prefer some food or another. There are many factors which regulate uh, these aspects, uh, not only the nutrient uh, components, but also uh, social, cultural factors, uh, which may contribute to our um, preferences in food. So you're saying that uh, we, um, we, we crave not only because our body needs it, but because we get some kind of a reward that takes place in the social and cultural context in which we live in. Uh, yes, th that's true. Th that's the point. Uh, reward is a very important uh, aspect of, uh, of feeding. We eat because of uh, the time of the day, uh, because of the people we are with. And, and so every uh, of these aspects uh, regulates uh, how and what uh, we want to, to eat. Of course, uh, we have in, in our brain uh, special circuits uh, which uh, allow us uh, to choose how, uh, when and what to eat. We have uh, two main components, uh, one uh, which stops us uh, to eat and one which uh, uh, tells us to eat. How much you eat, how uh, you, your stomach is, uh, is, is filled, you, you have a receptor in the stomach which uh, uh, signal that, but also the composition, uh, the um, elements you, you ate, so sugar, uh, fats, uh, proteins, all these uh, uh, contribute to give a stop signal uh, to eating. Do we have a craving for a specific type of food, like I want to eat something savory right now? Is it because our body needs salt? that we crave, say, something salty instead of something sweet? Yes, there is also this factor. And uh, also, uh, uh, for example, proteins uh, provide uh, a precursor of uh, uh, serotonin, which is a neuromodulator, which is important for the humor state, uh, for, uh, for emotions. Uh, and so uh, one feels good if he has a high level of serotonin. And, uh, and you get it from proteins. Mm -hmm. But you need also sugar then to, to let uh, uh, these uh, components to the brain. 
So if you if you wake up, you haven't had your breakfast, like in my case, before I have breakfast, yeah, don't come talk to me. I'm probably in a bad mood. <laughs> You're saying, if I understand correctly, that my my serotonin is going down, and uh, I'm generally getting unhappy, and and that's totally physiological. Yeah, sure. Uh, mood is influenced by what you eat. <clears throat> so serotonin, <clears throat> uh, sugar. Um, may alter <clears throat> may alter your, your uh, mood, and um, there are experiments that shows that, that uh, mice which uh, eat sugar are less stressed and uh, have a lower stress response than uh, uh, rats uh, which drink, for example, water. So when your um, serotonin is high, you'll perform better in your job or in your in your daily tasks. Yeah, interestingly, it's even more complicated than that because you have your brain circuitry, which is uh, modulated by uh, food components, sugar, serotonin, and, and so on. And so it's your brain who is changing in response to, to food, to the, to the specific food you, you eat. An extreme uh, example are um, psychoactive uh, uh, substances. When you eat food, any kind of food, you absorb uh, the nutrients, uh, even uh, not reduced at the elementary bricks. So molecules of the, of the food you eat uh, may enter your, your blood as they are. And so complex molecules may enter your, your blood and have uh, effects on, on your system. And some of these molecules may uh, reach the brain and have a, a, a modulatory effect on, on, on brain functions. When you have a, a psychoactive substance, that means that uh, your brain has receptors specific to that substance. So this means that there are uh, regions where physiologically, naturally, this substance uh, acts because you produce them. Or similar substances. Oh, I understand. Yeah. What, what you uh, do with, with a, a exogenous substance is to provide more uh, more stuff to the brain, uh, mm -hmm. and, and so you you uh, interact with the systems which uh, is there to do some specific uh, actions. So it's like dopamine is an example. Yes, we do produce dopamine or uh, endogenous opioids, and and then you have heroin or morph morphine which uh, bind to death receptors ah, okay so it's a uh, exogenous so uh, exogenous means that we produce it no, or it, it comes in it comes in from from outside, from outside so okay. endogenous, endogenous in exogenous out okay from. i understand so we get something that binds us to the same receptors that, that we 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 do have uh, in our in our body because they have a function in in uh, in the organism to, to receive endogenous messages or, or uh, mo molecules. molecules. Yeah, and, but we can then uh, stimulate the same receptors with exogenous molecules that we get from the outside. And what I'm realizing now, and I never really thought of it, they can come in also directly through ingestion. So you're saying that it, it jumps directly into the bloodstream? Yes. From the gut, it's, it's uh, absorbed as uh, macromolecules, and, and so you have uh, available uh, to, to the body. 
and to the brain if, if it can pass uh, the brain barrier mm-hmm. once it gets into the bloodstream it can, can pass that, that, that barrier yeah yeah that, that's right so uh, in a way you can hack your system because uh, what is a natural circuit uh, is powerfully modulated but something which uh, should not be there in that moment and in that concentration yeah, of course, then there is the side effect that then uh, you can no longer uh, have enough stimulation from endogenous molecules. And that's when you start to get addicted. Is that what addiction is about? Yeah, that's right. Your, your receptors are less sensitive, so you need higher concentrations because you um, become used to the higher concentration you provide from outside. And, and now your usual production is not enough. And other side effects are, are due that the, the, um, these molecules reach every region of the brain. So the effect is not specific to, to one mm-hmm. region where may, maybe there is a what you want, to, to get, the goal you want to reach with that molecule. This is true also for, um, for, for drugs provided by, by, by physicians. I, there's one other thing that I meant to ask you, uh, change topic just for the second part of this uh, interview, let's call it. In the first episode of Thoughts on the Table, we ventured somehow to talk about spicy food. And spicy food stimulates the same pain receptors that we have in, uh, in our mouth. They are there to detect uh, dangerous or harmful substances or um, even external objects or any, anything that could damage us. But uh, we have somehow learned to appreciate this and we now, to some extent, crave this uh, feeling. So my question there is, okay, so um, we have the same receptors, but how does it actually work? And is there any damage that we cause to ourselves by eating a lot of spicy food? I know my mouth gets red, what is the redness? My lips get red. What is this redness? Is it an inflammation or is it something else that is taking place? And how does that relate with the pleasurable uh, sensation of something spicy that complements our food? Well, that's the um, this final question is the most difficult. I don't know if I can answer this one. Uh, about... Uh, why we feel pain when eating spicy food and I listened to your first episode and I remember you spoke about capsizing which is a molecule contained in spicy food like pepper and the reason why it hurts is that it binds well the topic is similar to what we told just before about psychoactive mm-hmm. substances because we have a, from outside a substance which binds to a specific receptor receptor which is on um, pain neurons so activates neurons which tell us to feel pain so we really have no damage Okay, so we, we, we enter directly in, in the system which communicates pain. So it's like really somebody hacking in and pretending to be like an incoming call, but it's not an incoming call. Yes, that, that, that's right. We know we, we have to feel pain because uh, some, uh, um, some path is activated, some circuits are, are activated. But if you activate that circuits without the damage, 
you all the same feel pain. So you're saying there is absolutely no uh, side effect in terms of permanent or even temporary damage. Well, I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's just <laughs> <But> <laughs> about the red uh, tongue or, or lips. Uh, this is because when you activate uh, the pain neurons, what you get is also an inflammatory response driven by neurons, not by the damage. Oh, so it's the pain itself that causes the redness. That's right. Interesting. Okay, this is, this is the answer that I was trying. You have a backward signal to the periphery, yeah. <clears throat> which tells to, to begin to start uh, inflammation. These okay. molecules uh, stay outside, but bind to, uh, to pain receptors. You get the system communicating to you, hey, uh, I'm in pain and uh, you need to do something about it. Is that what the reason for inflammation is? Well, inflammation is uh, preparing the system to react to a, a damage which is supposed to be there because the painful receptors are active. Oh, got, got it. Fantastic. So, and that, that's your system that is trying to do something about the problem. And also, <clears throat> you can notice that you can get used to, to spicy food because your receptors change the set point. So change sensibility, sensitivity to the, to the molecule, to the concentration. Interesting. That's, that's wonderful. Was there anything else that you wanted to... We're getting to the end of this episode. It's about time. Um, is there anything else that you want to add? Oh, I, I, I'm satisfied with uh, these questions. I, I think there is a, a, a lot to think about. You can have a, a lot to, to do if you want to, to go deeper and deeper in, in, in these topics, but uh, uh, I think that for now it's enough. Fantastic. Thank you very much for, for explaining uh, some of these mechanisms. Uh, I know we are scratching the surface, but it's extremely fascinating to me. And I hope that people listening will find it fascinating too. And as usual, you know, any question will be happy to uh, answer them. Uh, Davide will be happy to answer them. I'm not able to. And, uh, and uh, it'd be fantastic to continue this conversation on the blog. Yeah, that's sure. Thank you, Paolo. Thank you, Davide. Talk soon. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.